We live on a flat earth in an infinite cosmos. We lie on the back of a turtle in the hands of a giant. Welcome to the Round Earthers Society. We are good to go. Are we? Yeah, we are. Hi, Zach. Hey, Jesse. How's it going? It's going all right. How it's you doing? It's going all right. I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Um, how's your week been? No, it's, it's been fine. Like I, I've, I've been getting into it online with all kinds of people about different shit, and part of it, part of it's like I'm playing a little devil's advocate, and mm-hmm. other times I'm just like I don't know. I, I got I got into a little bit of a shitstorm last night, and, and maybe I shouldn't have, and maybe we shouldn't even talk about this. No, I didn't even run it by you. No, go like, for it. No, because I'm, I'm going to turn some people off. Um, I already know I will, and I, I almost posted about it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. There was a story that came out, and Ben Shapiro posted it actually, and he was like vile oh, or something like that, right? And it was a story about it was it was from Fox News, um, where a father and daughter had had a child together. Now, the father was 42, and I think the daughter was 20. And they were in South Carolina, I believe. And they started, they started messing around when she was like 18. Uh-huh. Um, so she was of legal age. And I guess he didn't raise her, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm just telling you part of the story. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he got divorced. They got together. He had that child. They lived together. They got arrested for, uh, for incest. Uh-huh. Um, a possible, I can't remember, I want to say it was level four or five felony or something like that, right? With a, it comes with a possible 10 years for both of them in prison. And they took the kid away. Yeah. And I hate those stories. <laughs> you know, and I understand, like, I get it. I, I understand that it's taboo. I'm not for incest. I'm not. Yeah. I'm also not for taking these people's kid away. Especially because some people are like, well, he was just grooming her for this, right? Well, why the fuck is she going to serve a potential 10 years? Now, it hasn't, it hasn't all, all played out in court yet. But she is arrested. He yeah. is arrested with a possible up to 10-year sentence. Now, maybe they only serve a year. But either way... What's going on with that child? You know, like what is going on with that kid right now? Are you saying that I understand like, okay, okay, incest is bad, like in terms of the gene pool, right? Yeah. But I don't I don't see incest ever being a big enough problem here where we would have to even make it illegal. So then I started I started hitting people with some of that stuff, right? And people were like, Well, it's immoral. It's this, it's that. So I start going through what else was immoral to some of these people, like gay marriage. Right? Yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, and I'm not p- comparing the two. I'm not no, saying, no, 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 no. You know, I understand what you're saying that and there I, have been other situations where sexual things have been called immoral. Yes, and yes, now so look at where we're at. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So I, I try not to use. Don't just say like I don't want to hear like oh this is bad or I don't like this therefore it should be illegal. Mm-hmm. You have to make a good argument. Um, mm-hmm. So I need a good argument against why incest should be illegal. Like I think obviously it should be frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Like I think that shit's I think it's fucking weird. I mean it's pretty weird. Um, I wouldn't do anything with my kids. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't do anything with my parents. You know, like family to me has always been like off limits. Yeah, you know, I think like for ninety nine point nine percent of people, that's the case. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that it's weird. I'm guessing these people are probably already a little fucked up. Uh, that's my guess. Probably. And that's why you and you know because I think I don't think she was raised by her father. I think maybe she was given up for adoption or something like that. Uh-huh. And then she found him when she was eighteen. So she probably, I ha- I have to imagine that all plays into it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's part of it. So this is one that mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about incest for too long. I, no, but, I but understand. But it's one thing that uh, it's one thing I got into with a bunch of people about. Now, some people were actually on my side, um, some libertarians. But the 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 religious right, oh fuck, dude, they were going after me. Yeah, I can see that. Um, <laughs> they were going after me hardcore. <laughs> 
So yeah, so that's I, a tough one because it's hard for me to really say that two consenting adults should not be able to do what they want. That's the thing. That the, the question because what here's here's what I kind of linked it to because some people are like, well, they could have birth defects, and I said, well, okay, well, what about specific diseases that are likely to be passed on to your children? Are, are we not allowing those people to breed either? Like if they have a good chance of passing on MS or something, you know, or whatever, because there's plenty of major diseases that can be passed on. I mean, it's not like we still allow them to breed. It's not like we're like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. You guys can live, but you can't have sex and have children. <laughs> uh-huh. So to me, it's it's tough. Like I, and it's the libertarian in me because I just want to leave people alone, right? I just want to let people live and let live. I understand we need to push certain values. I get that. But I mean, is incest really going to be ever that big of a problem in the United States? Where, I, mean, I mean, maybe I just don't have the foresight. Maybe 100 years from now, you know, we would get rid of it and then maybe it fucking does become big. I can't imagine that, though, because with science now, like I understand back in the Middle Ages where incest was bigger and they were trying to keep the bloodlines pure and mm-hmm. things like that. But we've also learned from that, haven't we? I mean, so unless we unless society degrades a hell of a lot in the next couple hundred years, I don't see how we would revert back to it because we know what it causes. Um, yeah. So it seems like mostly just people who are probably already messed up are doing it. Um and it has to be such a small percentage. I just can't even imagine. I don't know, man. I don't know. And the, you know, the, and anybody who would say like, "What about what if you know? Well, what about the children? Okay, what if they have no children? What if they, you know, can they can they be together if they have no children?" <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's not. They're just using that as like a silk screen, you know. Like they're trying to throw that out there to show that oh well, that the birth defects are the problem, but really it's just because it's so taboo, and it is, and it should be, you know. Yeah. I'm not disputing any of that. I don't think it's right. But I, you know, like, I don't want people being in prison for 10 years, losing a child they had because of it. Like, I think this is, we, there's, and there are other shit that, that we should be doing. Like, and there are other criminals we should be dealing with. I agree. Yeah, there should be. You no, know, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't want to sit here and talk about incest forever. No, you're kidding. Because we have much bigger things to talk about. But that was one of them that caused a fucking shitstorm. The other one was talking about, a. The, the Dow Jones, the, the the downturn we've had in the last couple of weeks. Has the stock market not uh, doing good? Well, th- you didn't I, see what happened. No, um, I'm kind of out of a, touch. It did. It dropped by like 10%. Um, but what everybody's saying, even CNN, even CNN admitted it's a market correction. So what – because we had we had good jobs numbers for January, uh, what happened is that that uh, investors are feeling some angst because they think that the the, the economy is doing pretty well. So that the Fed might raise the interest rate faster than normal and that the stock market was also overvalued. So it lost about 10%. It dropped from like, you know, that 26,000 high point to like 24,000 something. Uh-huh. Right. And that's what, but everybody's kind of saying the same thing, even though, I mean, there's people who are trying to take political shots, but for the most part, um, it's all about that. It's all about the market correction. Yeah. It's all about the market correction. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin had a big correction recently. Uh, well, I noticed that you're talking about like a month ago. No. Okay. So Bigfoot had a art and Bigfoot. <laughs> Bigfoot. I'm I'm thinking of two Bigfoot. things. I'm thinking of two things at once here. Bigfoot's coming up. Two people. things that are very important. Okay. Uh, Bitcoin had a big correction a couple months ago. That was the big one. Um, mm-hmm. It where it went up to about fourteen thousand. Yeah, I was watching. And then it shot back down to about um, like ten or eleven. It cor- or it corrected a little bit. And this is all off the top of my head. So these numbers might be a little off. Yeah. It went back up a little bit. Corrected back down to about nine thousand. And now it's slowly going back up. But I had a buddy that was – he held on like he, – because he jumped up, you know, then he was like holding on to his – he usually would sell at 1000 each time, right? Mm-hmm. Usually sell off. 
and he held on because it got so big and he was like, oh shit, you know, he was trying to wait for the real big and then it, he, he waited a little too long and then it dropped back down. But still, cryptocurrencies are really interesting. I'm not smart enough to really debate them. I own cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I don't and I should. And, my, and I have a couple of buddies who are really putting some stock into them. I just keep thinking like, you know, it seems like, <laughs> I guess what I'm curious about is the hackability like in that's the beauty of them the is Fed, they're pretty much un unhackable. So a lot of them. Are. I just got to imagine the Fed's eventually going to try to regulate it. So I don't know. It's uh, it's yeah. kind of interesting. It's it, I find it very interesting. Yeah, it it is interesting, and it's I don't know. I would call it a hobby because I don't have a lot of money in it. But I had a friend, I or I have a friend who uh, he uh, him and his friends bought Bitcoin when it was worth like ten dollars. They bought them for like ten dollars. And uh, he held on to him for a long time, for for a while, and he's like, "What's the point of these?" And he used it to buy weed online. <laughs> and now he did the math, and he would have oh, millions god. of dollars. Oh god, are you serious? Yeah, he had like four or five hundred of them, <laughs> and he would have like millions. Oh god, right now. And oh, like, <laughs> I feel bad for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad. That sucks. <laughs> Oh, well. Well, I read a news story about the first real-world transaction with Bitcoin was someone bought a pizza. <laughs> and they bought a pizza for, like, 400 Bitcoin. And when it was, when it was like, yeah. up, they published an article about how many millions of dollars that pizza so it was worth. <laughs> And I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I better have been a fucking good pizza. Well, like, even – I've even seen that, though, because I've made that mistake. Because, like, maybe the the four – I would say the four biggest cryptocurrencies are Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and uh, Litecoin. Those are the ones that I think are the biggest ones right now. And did I – I said Ethereum. Okay. And Litecoin – about six months ago, I bought Litecoin for $40. Those Litecoins are now worth 200 and something dollars. I sold my Litecoin because I ran out of money <laughs> and needed the $40. And if I'd held on to it, I would have had some money. <laughs> and so, I, you know, and it seems like that's just kind of how it goes for me, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, maybe... If you're lucky, they'll find Bigfoot, and it won't even matter anymore. Maybe. Maybe I'll find so, Bigfoot. So you're a big Bigfoot uh, – I almost said entrepreneur. That's not what I meant, though. Um, I'm kind of a Bigfoot aficionado. <laughs> yeah, aficionado. That'll, that'll work. I, uh, do we want to jump into this already? Well, do we, is there anything else we need to get out of the way? Hmm. Yeah, because I guess it's going to take over the rest of the episode, isn't it? Yeah, based on you giving that warning, <laughs> I could I could do a whole Bigfoot on my Bigfoot episode on my own without any feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried anything going on with you this week. I've been pretty calm, pretty calm, pretty just normal, just <laughs> well, normal. Yeah, that's normal enough. Just normal for you, my normal. <laughs> so just a steady level of just yeah. Just not <laughs> just a just a nuclear winner. You just know? steadily not doing good, but like it's remained pretty constant. Yeah. So, well, if you keep it going. Consistency is the key. 
Well, I heard that's good for people with depression is consistency. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, your, so your life is just consistently fucked up. So I'm hoping that my consistent depression will eventually raise me out of depression. <laughs> because the, <laughs> because uh, the, uh, the routine of it all, of just being cripplingly depressed, will psychologically make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Just a, it's like a coping mechanism. I wouldn't call it a coping. I mean, you're it's, gonna be you're gonna be just fine, Zach. I have a feeling. I have a feeling I'll be right <laughs> at some point. Not now, but sometime, maybe. You're gonna have some depressed children. <laughs> It'll be like a little house of depression. <laughs> that's one of the reasons I don't want to have kids. Like I'm like they're gonna be cripplingly depressed too. Like, because chances are, based on all my past relationships, my partner is also going to be cripplingly depressed. (laughs) I found that communing with normal people is harder and harder for me. And so all the women I've, you know, had any sort of romantic relationship with have all been either cripplingly depressed or I'm not one to go out and be like, oh, my exes are all fucking crazy. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I've had two exes that are legit sociopaths, like like genuinely bad people. Like they, like <laughs> we've broken up, and they've continued to prove that they're so, not good people. So it wasn't you that was a. So it wasn't. You're not it, the common denominator. I'm not the common. I, well, maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm turning <laughs> these women into monsters, <laughs> which I think is probably possible. With the exception of those two, though, most of the other women are totally fine. Now, do you do you specifically aim for people who are like cryptically? Uh, no, uh, I don't. It just happens. All my friends are really mentally ill too. Cripplingly depressed is what I was trying to come up with. Do because I was wondering if maybe that's just an easier way for you to take advantage of them, or it's kind of a way, it's kind of a, some kind of a mechanism that you use to no, get women. I, it's just kind of a birds of a feather flock together type thing. Yeah, I, I just, feel like I'm just checking, you know, because all my friends are really depressed, and I'm surprised it's not more toxic than it is. But because it's not, because everyone's like, you know, I walk in, I'm like, hey, I want to fucking die, and like everyone's like, same, <laughs> like so. I think it you stand helps up in that. Your, you stand up at your meetings. Hey, I'm Zach. I want to fucking die today. Yeah. Like, Hi, Zach. We want to fucking die today too. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But no, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's been a particularly bad or particularly good week. It's been fairly, fairly neutral, or fairly neutral, uh, normal for you. Yeah, a lot of turmoil in my friends' lives, but in my life, turmoil helps me stable out, kind yeah, of. You have been the strongest link. Yeah, you know, like in the in your misfit misfit toys. Because in or, my in my two of my very close friends are both solidly doing really bad right now, <laughs> and like for some reason when that happens, it can kind of bring me out of things because I can have something to focus on. Yeah, no, and, I, hear, I, and, I believe yeah, that actually, and and so. When I'm focused on other people's shit, yeah, and and it, I'm surprised I'm able to actually deal with it and not have it. Other people's shit doesn't bring me down. It just motivates me to make them feel better. <laughs> <laughs> gives you purpose. It gives me purpose. Which is probably the exact reason why you should have kids. Because then your mind's going to be so busy taking care of the kid and stuff that your depression will just go away. 
I don't know if I want that kind of responsibility, <laughs> though. Like, I could, my like, friends I currently, could you I could tell them to eat shit anytime, you know? You can't tell your kids to eat shit and leave, though. Like, Why not? <laughs> Who says? <laughs> it's like fucking parenting 101 let right me there. ask. Let me ask you something. This is sort of on topic. Don't yeah, you dig too deep in you, my personal life. I'm not. Fuck. Do you have a favorite kid? No. Do you? I, uh, no, I'm my, not telling kids, you to name names. I'm just saying. My five children, each one, they have different, they have different aspects of me. Um, you know, I guess who, who am I most, uh, you know, affectionate with? It'd, it'd probably be my daughter. Uh, I think that's normal, though. I think it's normal, too. Plus, she's the youngest. You know, it's not that I wasn't affectionate with my younger kids. It's just the little boys, you know, they're not going to... You know, they're not going to continue to kiss you on the cheek forever, you know, or give you hugs and this and that too long. You know, it only, it's only going to last so long. Boys, for whatever reason, and, and it's sad, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. That does have a shelf life. Yeah. Um, and that might be because of the type of father I am, too, um, where I didn't – and I try to nurture him because I, I grew up It seems up in like a, you're a pretty involved parent. Yeah. Well, I try. I try to be. Um, I certainly I, try to I, be. I'm not, um, saying, I'm not saying there are parents that are – I think there are some – parents where it works better for them to be un- uh, less involved i think there are levels i think each parent from what i've seen sort of functions optimally at a certain level of involvement in their child's life and same for each individual child so mm-hmm. some child's some child's some kids i think need to be left alone to their own devices more than others and some need more guidance and so do you do you find that do you find that your kids need different levels of you you know, I don't want to say interfering, but well, I have you know what I'm two, saying. I have one or two that are kind of they're starting to pull away a little bit. You know, they're wanting their own personal time, and mm-hmm. you know, one he'll try to go hide hide away in a room, you know, and just mess around on his phone or do this or that. Yeah, and he kind of he'll try to get away from the group more than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, which I try to, you know, I just try to make sure that we have an, an, you know a certain amount of family time together, where he's mm-hmm. not just always locked away in this in this room, you know, in this in this fantasy world that he's creating. But. Um, so I try to pull him out of that. How how old is how old is he's he? twelve. Twelve. <clears throat> he's Th- a, he's that's the about child. that's a, that's your oldest child. No, that's my third. Third. That's my third. And your older ones aren't pulling away. At, um, sometimes my fourteen year old does, mm-hmm. but typically, I mean, he's because I would out there, think, yeah, kinda, fourteen. I would think, yeah, because he's the oldest one, right? And yeah. he's kind of he he would oh he would love he could be an only child. Oh fuck, dude, he would take <laughs> that. He, he would sign up for that anytime. Yeah, right, anytime. So like. That's why um, the way the way I'm you know the way it's set up I have, I have residential custody of the five, mm-hmm. um, and I have my oldest two typically seven days a week and my so my younger three they, you know I don't I don't have them Tuesday through Thursday mm-hmm. right so my oldest one he fucking loves that time because sometimes my second oldest will leave too so he'll just be like he'll be the only child mm-hmm. and then it's like when I get home it's like routine it's like oh we're going a quick trip yeah, yeah we're going a quick trip yeah <laughs> we're doing this and we're doing that and he fucking enjoys that shit yeah. But for the most part, his siblings kind of annoy him, you know, because they're younger and whatever. And he's yeah, 14 yeah. and he wants his own space and he doesn't have it, and you know. And, and it's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. But And then my second oldest, he loves to go play with friends. So he'll do that a lot. And he'll play, he plays a lot of sports, you know, a lot of different stuff. Uh, but he doesn't, he doesn't pull away. He doesn't go hide. You know, he's a – typically he's always out there involved. So my, my oldest and my, and my middle child. That's uh yeah. I'm I'm surprised it's uh huh. It's just interesting how different people uh, how different kids uh in the same environment in the same uh, environment 
And yeah, yeah. And part of it comes in the pe- the pecking order, you know, like yeah. uh, oh, he's the oldest. He's gonna he's gonna have some tendencies to certain things that the other ones may not. Yeah. And the youngest is gonna have the same thing, you know, or maybe the youngest is getting baby too much, and maybe the oldest isn't getting babied enough, you know that. So they get different types of attention. So right now they'll be like, oh, you treat Aaliyah better than the rest of us. You know, I'm yeah. like, she's six, dude. When, I, when you were six, <laughs> when she's I treated six, you dude. a lot better too. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you weren't as much of a jerk back then. Yeah. <laughs> you were a sweet kid. Now look at you. <laughs> Man. But <laughs> I could talk about the kids forever. So I wonder if we should we move on to Bigfoot? yeah we can we can move on. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dig. I'm just no no it's I fine. Just, it's I, fine. But I think if I kept because if we kept going like we could do a, like I said I could do a whole episode easy. Um, I just haven't. Talked I could do a hundred episodes yeah. on it on uh, on different stuff about parenting or or uh, or children in general. Um, yeah, because I I just haven't talked to very many parents about parenting. I feel like that's a conversation you have it, with well, other parents a you lot know, of times. Pe- people always freak you out. People will always try to freak you. Out. I think it's because parents want to feel like they've had a that they've had it harder or that they've had to do more than you could believe, right? So they want yeah, to play up yeah. their own they want to play up their own what they had to go through. Yeah. So they're like, oh don't don't have a kid. Oh kids are oh man, they're so fucking tough. But really, like people bitch about it. The first year of their life, especially before they can walk, it's pretty mm-hmm. fucking easy, dude. Yeah. Like you're talking about something yeah. Do they wake up all the time? Maybe. My actually most of my kids, almost all of them slept through the night almost right away. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'd wake up one time. It wasn't crazy. Never was. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. One kid, you know, one kid was really easy. Mm-hmm. Two kids a little harder than one. Three is a hell of a lot harder than one, but it's not that different from two. And anything after three doesn't even matter. <laughs> doesn't even matter. You could have fucking five or twenty. Same shit. <laughs> like it's like it, oh, no big deal. <laughs> I've been here before. I've seen this. Are you? Do you really <laughs> want more kids? Are you? I'd, have, I'd have more kids. I think, and I. You know, I, I, I guess I'm not giving any context. And I can't on some of it because yeah, 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 because it affects more than me. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, I think having children in general brings mm-hmm. people closer together because yeah. you get to share moments that you would never get to have it. You know, any other way. Like there's yeah. no other way you, you can't replicate what you would go through having except, a child. Together. Except getting a dog. <laughs> except getting a dog. <laughs> that is a that is a very close second. Um, getting that dog together, you know, and do the dog shopping and all that stuff, and then, and then buying your dog presents and mm-hmm. having him open out of the tree, taking it's, it to Christmas. It is and... very similar. Yeah. What I love is people. When people tell me that their pets love them, <laughs> that their pets love my condition, I'm like, you 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 feed that fucking animal. <laughs> I mean, pets. This, okay. This pet is the, it. It doesn't have the cognitive ability to love you. Pets, I okay. So here's what I'll say about this. So, I think pets have the cognitive ability to display affection. Sure. Now their motivation for that affection, I think, varies. Sometimes I think attention spawns, you know, affection because pets have a psychological need. You know, cats and dogs especially for attention. Food, obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, will spawn some affection. I think there is a genuine amount of affection that goes on between dogs and their families, maybe more so than cats. Cats, I think, tend to connect with one person um, more so than anyone else in the family, because at least that's how I've seen it. I think cats make a connection with one person, and then everyone else is sort of chaotic neutral, just sort of like, they might be good one day, might be the next Mm -hmm. day, but... I think I think pets definitely have a certain amount of affection for their owners, circumstantially, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. It's just it's a no offense, people, but well, unconditionally. Dog. I mean, if you if you <laughs> stop feeding it and start beating it, it's not going to really like you very much anymore. You know. 
Well, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have a lot of stories about that. Just people telling me that their animal loves them unconditionally and stuff. And eh, you know, I mean, it's cool. I like animals. I do. Mm-hmm. It's just I have so many children. I don't have time for animals. So like, you know, yeah. uh, my ex, she brought over like a puppy that, that she's been, you know, that she got for the kids, even though I, I told her she just doesn't have room for it, doesn't have whatever. Mm-hmm. And she she doesn't listen to me at all. So whatever. Yeah. Do your own thing. Yeah. You want to make your life harder? Go ahead. But then she'll bring that puppy over. And I love playing with that little puppy. You know, yeah. Because the kids will bring it over, right? You know? Yeah. And, but as soon as it, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't mind. Puppy? Great. Yeah. Fucking big dog? Fuck you. I'm sorry, dude. I, I have no time for big, dumb animals. I just, and I love pit bulls. Fuck, I can't, I can't deal with any of them anymore. Can't, I can't do it. So you're a pit bull guy. You oh, like... I've always, I've probably, I've probably owned six or seven pit bulls in my life. That's good. So you're on the, definitely on a pro pit bull yes, advocate you, side. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely against breed bands. Mm-hmm. Um, we could always talk about that sometime, but I'm completely sure. against breed bands. Um, it should be – I like 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 Olathe, for instance, has a vicious dog law where if your, your dog attacks somebody, then it gets put on a, a list. Mm-hmm. And then I think if it does it again, then you, you know, eventually it gets to a point where you have to get rid of it. Yeah. But it's not specific breed bands. And I think a lot of the cities around us – I actually fought. I fought us – in the small town I used to live in in McLeod. I went and fought their stupid city council. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't talk to them about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because I, w- I went before them and I was like, why do we have this breed band? I mean – has mm-hmm. anybody been attacked here ever? Like, do you guys mm-hmm. even know very much about pit bulls? They don't. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the real kicker is they don't know much about pit bulls, right? And pit bull is kind of a just a blanket term anyway. Because mm-hmm. if you go fucking have the dog tested, it's not going to come back as a pit bull. It's going to come back as some fucking terrier, bulldog, yeah. this, that. Because, I mean, that's the mix, right? Yeah. Because it's not – I mean, hell, it wasn't even, it wasn't even an official breed until like uh, 1978 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so whatever. I, and maybe I, – I, mean, I might have just quoted the numbers for the Staffordshire Terrier. It doesn't matter. Either way, you know, um, yeah, I've done a lot of research on it. I've, I've argued with a lot of people about it. Yeah, should people have fucking five pit bulls that are a little crazy? No. They probably should not because pit bulls are big, strong, powerful dogs. Yeah. You know, but having one or two, not a problem. They're usually extremely playful. It's just they play a little rough. And, you know, because of their history, you know, they were, they were bred a certain way. So you gotta, you got to get rid of the ones that are fucking dangerous. Yeah, but I I I I'm completely on your side. I don't have any issue with pit bulls. I think it's I think just like with any breed of dog, a dog can be aggressive or a dog cannot be aggressive yeah. and I mean, you know, some of that's biological, but I think a good amount of it's just environmental. So, you yeah. know. No, and that's exactly what I think is, is a lot of it's environmental. Yes. Well, you raise them up. I mean, it's just like, you know, I hate to I hate to go back to the comparison, but it's just like raising your children, right? You know, if you you raise your kids is really shitty. They might turn out pretty shitty, and they'll they'll be a little bit of a vicious animal. Yeah. And if you raise a pit bull to be a little more docile and get it to in a position where it's more familiar with dogs, because the ones I have had have been a little bit dog aggressive. That's definitely true. If you can get them around other animals and stuff, and kind of get that calmed down, um, maybe do some training with them. That'll help. Yeah. You know, there's there's ways to get around it though, because I have I have buddies who have very sweet and calm pit bulls. You know, and then I've had family members that had fucking crazy-ass pit bulls. So it just depends. All right. Are we almost ready there? You getting, you getting all red up? I'm getting all ready. Oh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot is real, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, you want to jump into it? Huh? Huh? You want to do it? I've been, I've been reading a little bit about Bigfoot um, over the last week. And one thing I, I didn't know, because, I mean, I, you know, you just hear stories and stuff. I guess it actually, part of it kind of starts with Native Americans. 
know, in the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. Did you did you read about um, like wild man stories? Yeah. And that kind of thing. And then the, it kind of I guess it plays into, you know, the, the, I was getting into the name origin, um, you know, and it, it was talking about the, the the name Bigfoot was first recorded by Americans in the late 19th century. Um, Spotted Elk, also called Chief Bigfoot, was a well-known Lakota leader who was killed during the Wounded Knee Massacre in, in 1890. Uh-huh. And I guess that name kind of carried on. And it carried on to a couple different bears that were also considered Bigfoot. You know, the, uh-huh. you know, just uh, got that moniker. Um, so that kind of that might have been the beginning of the name, the term, uh-huh. um, and that's why it got pushed out. But, but yeah, the, these stories of wild men or you know ancient. No, I shouldn't say ancient, like less evolved man or man ape, you know, have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years, really. Um, And my guess is they probably go all the way back. Like this is going to be unscientific. They probably go all the way back to where different types of people, like different, uh, um, I don't, not genes. What the hell am I looking for? Uh, different types of people actually live together. Like when you had Neanderthals with other types of people who were like, oh, look at those fucking Neanderthals over there. When you actually had different groups of people alive at the same time as compared to nowadays. Yeah. Um, okay. That sounds like a pretty good... So yeah, so the way I understand it at least um, is that we've had sightings of, let's call it, an uh, a bipedal ape-like creature in North America. Some, you know, um, going back hundreds, if not, well, I don't want to say longer than it has been. We have hundreds of years of data. Probably about a million years. Uh, probably, <laughs> give or take a million years. Uh, and so, okay, so we've got this. We've got all these reports dating back hundreds of years from Native Americans and. Um, than going into, you know, colonial settlers. Um, and that alone should, to me, light up a little thing in there and say, well, it's kind of hard to say that over the context of a hundred years, or not a hundred years, of a couple hundred years, very similar descriptions of a certain creature have arisen from independent sources. And back then, you know, back in the 1800s, there was no way for... they There was not the same amount of communication there is now. So it's it'd be hard for someone to be like, oh, I heard this person describe this. I'm going to describe this in the same way. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, now, if I wanted to give a description of Bigfoot, I definitely don't have to see it. But back then, this is a concept that not everyone knew about until they maybe described it. But um, yeah, I think I think that there's I don't know. I let's 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 dial it back for one moment. Our topic for this week is Bigfoot. If you can't tell, and I'm super pumped. But um, after your research on this, where did you land? Where what where where did you land? You mean like in terms of whether or not I can I believe that it's possible that at some point that it existed? Um, let's say if it that it exists currently. Currently, 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 I would have to say that it probably does not exist. Though I would love for it to exist. Okay. Do I think that it's possible that in areas that were not as populated that there could have been something that was 
you know, either some type of ape that could walk on two legs, you know, or, or something that would, something that could give an appearance from far away that it could be some type of man-like creature. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think that's very possible. Um, but I'm, I also don't have a science background, so I'm sure some scientists would be like, oh, that's the fucking dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Obviously, this couldn't happen. But of course, there's shit that's found out all the time that's like, oh, yeah, we didn't even know this existed. Um, do I think it's very possible? Sure. Do uh-huh. I think that there could have been some type of fucking, you know, uh, whatever type of creatures that lived in a very secluded area that were rarely seen, just like some of the lost tribes of today? And I, I hate to compare the two because one's obviously real and the other one is potentially, you know, who knows, a Bigfoot type of creature, Sasquatch kind of creature, who the fuck knows. Um, but some things get lost away, you know, locked away and you never, you don't even know that they exist. There's so much on the planet right now that we don't even know exists. Yeah. Right? So to say that it definitely does not. Uh, that's that's probably a little too strong than you could say, but I think I think at some point I think that there was something, some some remnant, you know, of of an older age maybe that that somebody happened to see and that got passed down in stories, where there and there were other similar sightings that that happened that kind of led to it. I don't know. Okay. Um, I am gonna go ahead and say where I'm at now. Uh, I'm a huge Bigfoot believer i i'm 100 percent in um i definitely i definitely think there is um an unidentified primate species in somewhere in the pacific northwest of of uh the united states and in that region of canada as well um as far as bigfoot spinoffs like the yeti and stuff um, I think there are interesting stories that have come out of the Himalayas. I don't know where I'm at on those because I just haven't researched as much because I think it's more common for people to research something more local. So, What, what I think it's – not to interrupt you. But yeah. What I think it's probably a holdover from is probably that mega beast, mega beast, mega beast era, the, right? Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> the it starts t- with a C. The time when they had the 10-foot bears and things like that, I'm going to guess that there was something – <coughs> that there was something around at the time where it seemed more like man but it was like a giant fucking almost like a sasquatch um where you get those 10 foot bears or whatever some kind of creature that maybe we either haven't identified now or or we have sorry um <coughs> yeah a re pla- it's called the ples pleistocene era Pleistocene megafauna. That's not. Yeah, megafauna. Um, <laughs> Jesse's having a deciding to have a coughing fit now, right in the middle of the fucking episode. No, <laughs> it's fine. So what we're talking about right now, while he's doing his thing, is the place Pleistocene megafauna era, um, which was. Uh, a area, a time period that um, basically spawned a bunch of massive um, animal species that uh, this was in North America. It included giant sloths, short-faced bears, species of tapirs, peccaries, um, the American lion, um, giant tortoises, um, American cheetahs, saber-toothed cats, mm-hmm. uh, 
the fucking those birds that would run around. Whoa, okay. The fucking, I'm like, starting to think Wikipedia birds. has been infiltrated because <laughs> in the megafauna list it says uh, saber tooth cats, the scimitar cat, uh, dire wolves. <laughs> yeah. Dire wolves? As in, is that a, supposed to No, I, oh, I wait, so. wait, 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 wait. Okay, this is a real thing. Yeah. It's, it's legit. But like even the sloths, those sloths were 2,000 pounds. Like just imagine, dude. Like this shit was huge. You know, because and, and, the same thing at the same time period as like the woolly mammoths and stuff. Right? There was a lot of mega beasts coming out in that era. Yeah. Well, one of the theories right now, the one of the bigger theories, um, is that it's it is a is a remnant population of Gigantopithecus. Um, and Gigantopithecus um, is an extinct genus of ape that um, existed from perhaps nine million years to as recently as a hundred thousand years ago. Um, in what is now China, India, and Vietnam. Um, And so, basically, this was the largest ape that ever lived. Um, Stood at 10 feet tall and weighed between um, 1 to 1,400 pounds, roughly. Um, And so... These are could supposedly that, could that have possibly existed though this long. I mean, I'm not you said a hundred thousand years. Um, I'm well. A good example of this would be woolly mammoths are a good example. So, woolly mammoths, we thought they went extinct. I don't know, a couple hundred thousand years ago, something like that. Um, until recently, they found woolly mammoth remains from 10,000 years ago, which is a pretty big jump, you know? And so we found out that woolly mammoths survived up to 10,000 years ago in an isolated population in some island, on some island somewhere. So the idea being in this one, which I don't know if I really believe, um, is that Gigantopithecus at some point migrated over the land bridge into North America, and a remnant population has survived. Um, but I wouldn't say that part would be impossible because there's going to be other land animals that would have also done that. You know, either fallen food sources, yeah, or humans hunting in that direction. I don't know. Like that, I mean, that would be a possibility. But I'm just saying, trying to link it back definitely to that is probably going to be difficult without without more research or. And then the other thing is, because some of the some of the videos that I've seen on some of this, they look so real. Like some of them look. I mean, and I know a lot of them are hoaxes, but I've seen other ones though that man, they look fucking real. They did such a good job. But let's say there would have been like, you know, a lost tribe kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they died off, and the chances that you would ever even find it, like I mean, because have you ever seen those videos on like a deer how fast they de- you know decompose? It just you know left in yeah. the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Like that's what so let's say let's say forty, fifty, sixty, a hundred years ago that was true. Mm-hmm. Imagine trying to find that today. It'd be almost impossible. Well, um, I mean I think lucky. I think what you brought up was a good actually point in that in a big question that a lot of people have is why haven't, you know, you found a body yet of mm-hmm. of one of these. And you just said it. Things decompose really, really quickly. Um 
It's the same reason, you know, there are a ton of bears up in the northern United States and all over, you know. And how often, when you're out in the woods, do you stumble upon the carcass of a bear that died of natural causes? Mm. Things decompose too quickly. Um, Because I've spent a lot of time in the woods up there, and there are a lot of bears up there. And the amount of times I've seen bears is pretty infrequent. Um, I, it depends on where you're at, obviously. There are some places with higher populations than others, but there are a lot of times where, you know, maybe you see a couple bears a year, and that's with a really, really big population. These are, we're talking about the largest carnivores in North America. We're talking about these big fucking bears. So. I have some other information. Part of it's taken from Wikipedia. Other parts are taken from a specific research organization the bigfoot field resource yes. research organization the bfro yes. yeah. those guys are kind of some they, jokers sometimes they have a group they have a group on facebook that has 20,000 people in it i bet the page has like 4,000 likes or something but there's like like i said there's a there's a group of 20,000 people um but one piece on wikipedia stuck out to me cuz you know are already disdain for scientists uh, it says uh, mainstream scientists do not consider the subject of bigfoot an area of credible science and there has been a limited number of formal scientific studies on Bigfoot. Motherfuckers, dude. Like, mm-hmm. you just can't trust these people. You know, they talk about the weather and all this stuff, and they don't know shit about Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know a lot about the B- BFRO? I don't know a ton about the BFRO. I know a little bit, but I'm not a big fan. Oh, actually, I do have I have a little bit more because I was I was getting some information on like one of the first scientific studies. Uh, the first first scientific study of available evidence was conducted by John Napier, and published in his book Bigfoot, the Yeti, and Sasquatch, Sasquatch and Myth and Reality in 1973. Napier wrote that if a conclusion is to be reached based on scant, extant, uh, hard evidence, science must declare Bigfoot does not exist. However, he found it difficult to entirely reject thousands of alleged tracks. Scattered over 100, and this is in print, you know, uh, quotes, scattered over 125,000 miles or to dismiss all the many hundreds of eyewitness accounts. So he thought it was at least very possible. Like, you know, it's it's too difficult to say scientifically, okay, this definitely exists because, you know, just too little evidence. But he's saying that there is enough evidence that it just, it probably isn't just a hoax. Yeah. Um, so here's what I think. I'm going to run I'm going to give you a rundown of what's up. Here I'm going to tell you the truth. Get ready. <laughs> I like truth. The first thing you need to understand is that Bigfoot's real. Okay, that's step 1. Truth 1. Truth number 1. Number 2 is Okay. So as as we've talked about on this show before, I'm an atheist. I don't believe you're in an God. atheist. I don't I'm, believe in I'm God. getting the fuck out of here right now. I, I fucking think you're disgusting, and I am gone, motherfucker. Where can you possibly get your morals from if not the Bible? I don't understand. <laughs> well, obviously, in your case, that's true because you have no morals. I have no moral fiber. I fucking Keep going. I'm just sorry. chaos and anarchy. I'm sorry anyway. to, I'm <laughs> no, sorry to no, interrupt you. Good. So, number you're one good. was that Bigfoot is real. Bigfoot's real. Number two. Number two, I'm an atheist. It's very hard for me to believe in things without a reasonable amount of evidence. Obviously, I think I've demonstrated that. I also have a science background. I I, I do my job. In Bigfoot studies. Currently, the work I do day-to-day for my profession is in the scientific field. 
And that's all. That's all I'm going to say about he it. He grows but weed. I, no, <laughs> I don't grow weed. I'm just joking. I have a real. I have a real job. Um, so I know a little bit about science. I know a little bit about sort of rationality and things like that. And I think the amount of evidence is too overwhelming to dis- discount. Um, so we have. Um, Unknown primate DNA that's been recovered in the Pacific Northwest. That was my DNA. <laughs> <laughs> um, footprints with dermal ridges, which, um, if you don't know what dermal ridges are, they're basically what makes uh, your fingerprints. Um, like if you, they're on our feet as well. Um, well, in that book, not to interrupt you again, but in that book from 1973, there was another quote that says, "I am convinced that Sasquatch exists." But whether or not it, it's it's all that's cracked up, to, it's, it's all that it's cracked up to be is another thing altogether. There must be something in the Northwest America that needs explaining, and that something leaves man-like footprints. Yeah, and and so we have footprints, and those have dermal ridges in them, and so we've got that. We've got DNA. We've got however many hundreds of sightings. You know, um, there have been how many did I write down? There have been, in Oregon, there have been 245. In Washington, 643. California, there have been 437. And, of course, this is all modern recorded this sightings, is... not, you know, because it obviously would have been going on for years, you know, for hundreds yeah, years Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. this is all the way back. This is back a ways, but um, I have a great book about Bigfoot sightings before 1920. Um, <laughs> did you write that book no but it was an interesting read um, and so we've got all these sightings we've got all these footprints we've got the dermal ridges in the footprints we've got unknown DNA um, hair samples and all that and I can't look at that body of evidence and reasonably be like oh it's all just fake you know it's all just fake because a, a really good show, if you want to be, if you want to see a true skeptic approach the Bigfoot problem, really reasonably, a guy named Les Stroud. He's uh, so he he starred in the show Survivor Man. If you've ever seen that, uh, where the real survival show, not Man vs. Wild. Yeah. Um, he did a one season run called Survivor Man Bigfoot where he looked into this whole Bigfoot thing. And one of the first things he tried to do was he said, how hard is it for me to fake Bigfoot footprints, present them to a researcher, and uh, will he be able to tell that they're fake? So what he did was he went out and he hired a special effects company to make him these prosthetic legs that he could walk on that would leave these footprints that had dermal ridges in them. They were fake. And they were made based off a... An old, a molding of an old Bigfoot footprint. He goes out, he walks around in these um, prosthetic legs, he takes casts, and he takes it to an expert, and the guy looks at it, and within about 10 seconds, he was like, I don't think these are real. And, and I think uh, he said to get those legs made and to get everything done by a professional special effects company, it cost him like uh, almost $20,000. So you're saying some guy probably couldn't do this in his shed? No. Or at least it'd be very, very, very difficult. Um, you know, 
he's like, so I, I, he's like, from what I, you know, can tell is it's difficult to fake these footprints, at least in this way. Um, all that combined, I just haven't, I, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that, you know, however many people, a couple thousand people are lying. Um, you know, some of them are liars, but I can't, not all of them are. Some of them misidentified something. Some of them saw a bear or some of them saw, you know, a moose and the at the right angle and think it's something else. But there's a good number of people in that batch who are hunters and fishermen and people who spend a good amount of time in the woods, you know, and have seen bears and moose and anything else you could think might account for something that would look like that. And I find it hard to believe that some people who have spent, you know, a good amount of their lives in the woods can really misidentify, that many of them can misidentify something that that badly. Because, you know, I've seen bears, and bear don't look like an ape, usually. I mean, there are situations where I guess, you know, if they go up on two legs, you can... I can see where you'd get that impression, but generally I think it'd be kind of hard to mistake a bear for that. Mm. No, I agree. And, and I want to believe. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I would love I would love for it to be real. That's another thing that I want, you know, I, I want to see found out. Maybe, maybe they will find something eventually. Because, I mean, imagine just how hard it is. I mean, we couldn't, fuck, we didn't, we didn't refine the pyramids until, what, the 19th century? You know, or 1900s, one or the other. You know, so, so we've had all kinds of things that have been lost for, for tons of years, thousands of years, that we've never reclaimed or took thousands of years to we reclaim it to even get back to that point. So the, imagine, the amount of history that gets lost um, is amazing. So, yeah, do I think that's very possible? I think it's very possible. I hope that it is true. Um, the mountain gorilla was only uh, discovered in 1902. Hmm. We didn't know about mountain gorillas until 1902. So we've known for them, known about them a little bit over 100 years. Um, yeah, and if you're talking about something with like a small enough population mm -hmm. that uh, that also is kind of, uh, um, oh, I can't think of it, but basically likes to stay away from people and, you know. Shy, a yeah. shy, I don't want to say shy, but yeah, a but, but, reclusive Yes, a creature. reclusive creature that, you know, that. You know, and I've read some things that we're talking about him possibly also being nocturnal at some at some times, or mm -hmm. you know, or at least some of the the sex that they talk about are. Um, I don't know. I I hope I hope so. I, I think it'd be awesome. I would love for it to be real. I want it to be real. Because I mean, I don't. I, <laughs> there's plenty of places where we haven't obviously we haven't uh, researched everything, you know, to be able to 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 de definitively say this does not exist. Yeah. So I'm on board. That's the thing. I mean, you know, the the problem I think what ha that happens with Bigfoot is because, because you know, Bigfoot's like that you know that big idea, right? Then Hollywood and everything they try to sell it like even more. Like they so they do all these goofy Bigfoot shows, and they kind of almost make it into a big joke. Um, I think that's one of my biggest problems is that these people you end up seeing standing up and talking about Bigfoot. I'm like, can we not find a normal fucking looking yeah. guy? Can we not find one normal looking fucking guy? Because I feel like I can go up and talk about Bigfoot. I'm relatively normal looking. Okay. Why can't you just find a normal looking dude who can speak in front of people? 
you know, why can't you get uh, get all these weirdos? Why are you letting all these weirdos speak on behalf of like this reasonable? Like there there are some that are like uh, a good one. I think Dr. Jeff Meldrum is. I, did you read about him at all? I did not. He's, uh, I don't think so. Uh, oh, he's a professor at like the University of Idaho. Studies like bipedal movement or something, and he's really big into the Bigfoot thing. He's a, a reasonable person who, like, has a rich, like, educational background and, you know, is definitely not on the fringe of society in any other way. Meanwhile, all the representatives that are portrayed in media are, let's say, not your average Joes. Um, well, I mean, it, becomes, I, it comes like reality TV. I take the same issue with the, like, UFO com- community. Yep. You know, because there's, like, a good number of reasonable people that think UFOs are real. There's a good number of crazy people who think UFOs are real. Mm-hmm. Which ones do you hear about? Which ones yeah. are more entertaining? Yeah. You know? No, exactly. That's exa- I was going to bring up UFOs because it kind of goes on the same in the same vein of something that I also think is real. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying that even though I did like that footage that came out that was pretty interesting. Before that footage, I was pretty on the fence of like, okay, did do I believe that there's other people? Yes, of course I do. Do I believe they necessarily visited here? Uh, you know, it's a long ways away. They'd have to have some incredible technology to get here. I only recently was sold on the UFO thing. Yeah. yeah so, it, I mean, it's kind of like the – and I don't know. So, it's kind of the same deal for me. I, I Well, okay, let me amend my statement. I was only recently sold on the UFO thing. I was not only recently sold on the alien thing. Alien thing, I can just basically go, yeah. hey, statistically, it makes I mean, more sense that there are than there is How the fuck none. could there not be? Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, like, if you look up there and you think all that shit just exists and there's nothing else out there, there's too much. There's, there's too, too much. much. It's statistically improbable. Yeah. I mean, you know? I, yeah, I guess I, do, I can't definitively say that, right, until no. we find it for certain. But I think, and not only do I think there's life, I think there's intelligent life. Like I don't think. That oh they, yeah, I think there's because obviously life. there's life. You know, yeah. I think that's I think that's going to be an easy one to prove. Um, even though you need a lot to, you know, to spur it. Um, I don't know. Man, but Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. Um, I, my other big problem that I have is that there are a lot of people that push forward these sort of like interdimensional time traveler like weird ass like supernatural shit and i really hate that too i really hate you're that. talking about the ufo stuff i'm talking about bigfoot stuff people push oh. that with bigfoot that he's an interdimensional time traveler <laughs> and like a spiritual guy awesome. and all I that shit. So. and i'm like oh my god i just i can't stand that i can't like uh, there's n- that's stupid like I, I look at bigfoot like i look at anything else is that you know we have this pro we have this phenomena we need to repeatedly demonstrate that there's something behind this and also that it's probably within the known realm of scientific knowledge as in as in it's probably not you know a supernatural ghost busting time traveler. It's probably a real animal um, that's just incredibly reclusive. Yeah. And that's what I think it is. I think there's a small population of either apes or possibly hominids that live somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, a very small reclusive population. You know, um, how many are there? I don't know. Maybe there's a thousand. Brought to you by the breeding of man and some kind of beast. 
but we're. <laughs> Did you see there was that they had that ape and a who walked around on two legs in the zoo? I can't remember his name now, uh-huh. but they thought it was very possible that he was the offspring of man and ape, um, and he lived a long time. But he would in the zoo, he would just walk around on two legs all day, and he was like he was really well known for it. I think he died now, but uh, yeah, he lived like probably thirty years in cap, you know, twenty thirty years in captivity. And it was just, it was just like an interesting, you know, that's, and that's what they were saying. And I was walking, watching a documentary on them. So I'm not saying it couldn't happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's even, I don't know what's possible, what's not possible. I'm not uh, saying it. I'm trying to look it up. I'm looking up uh, human Z, uh, chimpanzee human hybrid. Ooh. Um, hmm. That interest is it actually interesting? <laughs> I can tell you're getting all turned on over there. Yeah, well, I'm about to fan you off. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting stuff though. So I think it's very possible. Um, makes sense to me. Yeah, I would I would love to find it. Of course, I would love to find a lot of the other stuff. But you know, there's a lot of stuff, man. We just don't do like we don't like even archaeology. Like an, even mm-hmm. like I think they were saying that. In terms of the amount of dig sites that we have that we do like 1% or something in the world, you know, or something yeah. like that. It's it's something ridiculous because there's not enough money to fund it. So there's places where we they think that there's all kinds of ancient cultures and shit where they can't dig and they can't do any exploration because there's not enough money in it. Yeah, we need to find a way to convince people that it's a good idea to fund these things. Yeah. Because it is. It's a it's money well spent. We The more we know about history, the more we know about ourselves and the better decisions we can hopefully make in the future. Well, yeah, and and part of it, part of it, you know, goes back to a story of kind of like a climate change type of story, mm-hmm. and what our ancestors had to deal with um, mm-hmm. to get to where to where we are now, and how and how we survived, and how many people and civilizations were destroyed mm-hmm. because of uh, you know uh, just terrible massive terrible climate events. event, yeah. and yeah, yeah, which yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not because I mean, <laughs> imagine. I don't know, because eventually something's going to happen. Eventually something's going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we know about it, not that it'll help us prepare it, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it just makes it more obvious to everyone that, hey, this is eventually going to happen. Yeah. You know, I don't, we don't know when, but it could set humanity back fucking incredibly. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully we're to the point now. That's the thing is I just, I want to get to the point, and I, I hope we're already there, that if some major global catastrophe did happen, that we would be able to rebuild faster or that we would be able to withstand it, Right. So that there, let's say there is some kind of major nuclear winter event, you know, or some kind of a fucking ice age because of whatever, that we'll get through it, you know, like, it, you know, things will get destroyed, we would still be able to keep the technology, we'll still be all right, you know, that kind of thing. I'm just hoping man can get there. That's what I'm hoping is for like another thousand years. <laughs> Give us a thousand years to get off this planet. Please. I would say, so, I don't know. Back to Bigfoot. Bigfoot. (laughs) Let's go back to Bigfoot because we're getting low on time. Um, I feel like we didn't effectively cover this topic. Well, what? What? I guess what do you want to bring up in Bigfoot, though? I don't know. I just felt like I felt like it wasn't. I don't know. It's not what you're wanting. It's not. I think I just need to make a documentary. I think that's what I need to do. We could do a a 2.0 episode. I think a 2.0 would be a waste because I, I, I don't think – I think I, – I'm fine leaving it where it is. I'm fine leaving it where it is for now. But if we want to revisit it at some point down the road, I might. Well, my suggestion would be is if we're going to do it, let's, if we're going to revisit it, 
let's get somebody from like the big fil- Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization or somebody that we can talk to on or interview beforehand or something like that. So we yeah. can, so we yeah, can yeah, have yeah. specific information from people who are in the field studying Bigfoot. I think that's I think that's the best call to make. Without yeah. without doing that, we can only I mean. Most of it's just based on feeling, or yeah. you know, some you know some uh, evidence here or there. That's kind of you know who know who knows. Because yeah. I'm sure some of it's faked. Some of it's definitely faked. Some of it's fake, um, and then some of it's not. You know, like some, some of it's of gonna it's have to be not, real, but yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what it's from. It could be from something yeah, yeah, else yeah. that we just haven't sure. discovered either. Sure. Um, but yeah, I hope it's a fucking giant ape. Hopefully, is there anything else we want to talk about? About Bigfoot, I don't know. Or about in general, because we're, we're pushing, we're over an hour yeah, now. So. I hope to God the Bigfoot's real. I, I hope, hope we so find too. it one day. I hope so. And then it can fucking blow our mind and be like, I'm a time traveler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the time traveling ape. I say we leave it there. <laughs> I'm I'm good leaving it there. We will, uh, right. we'll be back next week. All right, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>